On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This is the Battle Line Podcast. Battleline Podcast, Episode 2, and uh, we got a good response, man, from the first one, so we're obviously going to keep these going on a weekly basis. I should, of course, say shout-out to Jinx for that great theme music, which is Fails, yeah, at yeah. We Are Jinx, J-Y-N-X, and the great Debbie Rashawn for the voiceover. So uh, I'm excited, man, to be doing this again and bringing on General Tata. Yeah, it was, well, we'll you know, the last one with Andre... Uh, he's a buddy, so I'm always particular. When Andre, Andre's a friend, so I'm always going to say, well, well uh, because well, I, because I, I, I just feel like it did. I, I'm not going to tell. And he also, he's six foot nine, six foot whatever, <laughs> 800 pounds. He can squash me like a bug, so I'm not going to talk shit about my bu- <laughs> buddy, buddy, especially a buddy that could just flick his finger and break my freaking torso. So uh, no, I, I, I think it went well, brother. And, and um. The uh, the pictures that they came out of it, and just the just the you know, and, but that's you, and you you well, know the this, pictures you is know is uh, Mr. Dope Pick. That's all him at Mr. Dope Pick on Instagram. Who yeah. we we didn't really get background on. I mean, that's DJ Who Kid's personal photographer. Worked yeah. with Jamie Fox. Raph is uh, he's a great photographer. So and so. he's a and he's just a cool dude. The, the way I met him, yeah, you know, just walking in the bookstore <laughs> to buy some books to come over, and going into that Manhattan bookstore there, that Barnes and Noble, and he. He's sitting there looking at books and he just kind of, I remember he just looked at me and whenever people start looking at me, I, I kind of move. I, I start walking a little bit when they look on their phone and they're looking at me because everybody thinks I'm as big as Pablo and they look, see me and they're like, holy shit, that dude's teeny. He's like five foot nine and a hundred and nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and so I moved a little faster and he goes, are you Tano? And then, then I saw a, sh- what, what was, was he wearing a, was he wearing a TMZ shirt? What shirt was yeah, he wearing? Yeah, he was, it was wearing a TMZ shirt. He was wearing, was it a TMZ hat? It was TMZ. Hat? Yeah, it TMZ was TMZ. Because he's done stuff with TMZ. And yeah. then he had a custom yeah. uh, windbreaker from when he worked with Drake. And I was like, yeah. this guy is the man. He just <laughs> is. So, But that was cool. He's like, you're talking. He goes, oh, yeah, you're Ian. I'm going to take pictures. And then I lightened up because – because, oh, well, shit, I've I got to get to know this guy. I'm going to be with him for the next three hours. But yeah. he's super no, – just the coolest dude ever. I, I want to see – Dude, he, I want to see all those pictures because I, I want to see the one with us in the street. In oh yeah, Houston, I could I could send those all in over. The street with that's gonna that's got to be classic. Yo, they're great. I just didn't um I didn't put them all up because I felt like a picture of us as the profile and then the thirteen hours picture in the background. No, was, that works. I just want you to send them to me. Yeah, I'll send them over because I was like, this is too much us. It's a little too self indulgent. I was like, let's have a thirteen hours picture here. No, I did a thirteen, but we got to put Tano in there. That's Tig shooting. That's no, I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, it's it, but it's a great like, picture. That's Tig, that's Tig. I'm like, I know it's Tig. It's just thirteen hours. I, I yeah. Think, 
I, I got smart. I was one somebody. I, I was really smart ass. I said, technically, that's Dominic Famosa. <laughs> but you're right. It's Tig. So well, if there's a shot of you as high resolution or not really of you, but of Pablo as high resolution as that, then I'd go with it. It's just a great picture. So I was no, like, that that's part. Dude, I love it. Dude. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I think it's perfect, too. Just just a good shot. And and um, I, I'm the, the attention to detail that the people that support Battleline, I don't think is a bad thing. That means they know the story and and they're supportive of the story um uh, of of what took place there in in libya and uh so it, no i i just i you know i just got to give you a little bit of shit yeah just, uh, <laughs> i'll send you over all that because uh aaron lotter did all the graphics for us shout out to him and uh when i was talking about the response i mean it took us basically a day longer than we wanted to to be up on apple podcasts uh i at first you and i were we were like, are these, is this like a left wing conspiracy against us not putting us up on <laughs> Apple Podcasts? <laughs> well, it, it sucks that you kind of, I, yeah, I never, I don't like going there. I used to all the time when I was, when I was just crazy on the media. And I, I, you know, I never will again because I think I jumped to a lot of conclusions. But there are times, no, and there are been times where it has been that way. It's like, well, he's, he, gosh he just he's tano he hates he's his trump pariah and he hates hillary and he he told he said he was going to choke out obama on fox and he's always on fox he's never on cnn hey guys i was on cnn a lot till they changed the headline of what i said and then i then and that was actually the headline was when i actually bashed not bashed trump but i said trump said something wrong he, i i didn't agree with him and they still changed the headline but bottom line is is that just i it was. There's there are times where, where, where businesses do that. Not not a whole bunch anymore. And I think a lot of it's just where we were jumping to conclusions. I, you know, I'd like to hope so. I'm always thinking positive. But there have been times where, where because of the the 13 hours and a lot of people still not as many as they used to, but there's still people out there that think it 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 didn't happen. It was made yeah. up. It was made up to affect an election. I that's why I like I I laugh and when I talk to Oz, we laugh about. It. I was like, yeah, Oz just blew his arm off, just to, just to, just just for cause, just because he did that actually in his garage in Colorado, just so we could say that he got blown up in Benghazi. I mean, that's that's how devious we really. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But brother, you're you're right. It, it was hard to it was hard to say. Was it what the hell's going on? Why yeah. are they doing this to us? So I but I. I Hey, we're back in, so it doesn't matter. And and you're taking it, you're you know, you're taking over, and and you know what the hell you're doing, brother. So you know how to navigate that treacherous network of of podcasts and Apple and Spotify and all that, where I can just lay back and say, Ian, take over, brother. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. No, I, I appreciate rock, rock it, man. <laughs> we 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 ended up getting on everything. So anywhere you find podcasts, you're hearing this. But I figured I'd mention we got a lot of really great five star reviews out of the gate. Um, I'll read some of them real quick. Uh, this is from Brittany L. Mundy, an engaging listen. This podcast has real conversations and doesn't feel forced. I loved hearing their thoughts on work ethic and family. Chris is a natural, and I can't wait for more content. By oh, the way, that's awesome. Yeah, I should mention wow. we're getting a lot of female listeners, man. You have a big female following, which is cool. This is a little different than soft rep for me, which was a bit of <laughs> no, a sausage yeah, fest. I don't know if I should say thank you or not because my wife's going to listen to this. No, my, my <laughs> wife, that's what I love about having a confident spouse, a confident wife, is that she doesn't, she's like, whatever. Yeah. Do, do they know that you still stink up the bathroom like every man out? I mean, it's, <laughs> they don't, it's like, whatever. I'm, I can go 
get any dude I want. So you, you, uh, good luck with that, Tano. Yeah, good luck. That's that's my wife. But that's the kind of woman I, I and I love her to death. And and I do. And those supporters, you know, the 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 female supporters that I have, women supporters that are out there, I, I admire them, and they are. I love them. You know, I love them because they on media, on social media, they are vicious. They protect me, and it's awesome because I don't even need – honestly, with people, there's trolls out there hitting me up. It's not the men that go after them. These women, and they are brilliant, and they're just they're just like pit bulls. It's like, okay, well, somebody must have hit me on Facebook because there's all this chaos going on, and these women that, that are supporting me, they're, they're so well-informed, first of all. Uh, they know what happened with me. They know, and a lot of them, you know, they, they've, they, not in a weird way, but they know, they know my family. They know who, what I am. They know I'm not some, I, I am not a right wing pariah. I'm not, I, I, I'm a family man. I do, I do believe in God and all that. I believe in, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible Christian, but I still am a Christian. But I also, I also think everybody should have whatever faith they believe in. They, they're welcome to, to follow that faith, uh, whatever it is. And so they, they, they just, they don't, they don't take it. They don't take it lying down, and they, they can actually fight battles on social media, which I don't want to fight at all. I think it's yeah. a waste of freaking time, and they do it for me, and honestly, I think they do it better than I could, I ever could. I'll read that going, oh, yeah, dang it. That was a good hit there, and then I'll turn it off, and it'll be over with, and I'll, I'll let it go, and they'll, they'll take care of it. And, and I saw all you, all you women out there that do support me and do those social media battles. I'll even get some shout outs because I do know some of them. Audacious Andy's one of them. Oh, Don Marie's another one, you know, that have been there since day one, since we first came out. And they, 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 whether my political views come into view or not, they don't care. They just support. I, I want to say thank you because they take so much stress off of me because social media and trolls, if, if you get embedded into that, where you feel like you got to defend yourself all the time, it, it just it, it it's a life sucker, dude. And it, it I've learned that I can't do that. I can't fight that. But there are people out there willing to fight those battles for me that are a lot more intelligent than I am. And I admire that. So thank you. And thank you, all those supporters out there. And I just wanted to ramble a little bit because I, I just feel like they give. I, well, first of all, I always ramble anyway. But second of all, <laughs> I, I, they, they, they do deserve some some love and some – because they, they do. They, I don't think people realize how – I don't think they – if they don't, they need to how much that – is a big deal to me and how it's caring and it, it just makes, it makes my life so much easier. And it, it's, it's, I just have a, a special place in my heart for, for the supporters, particularly the, the women supporters out there that have always had my back and, and, and go to bat for me on the social media side and for anything else. Cause you, you saved me more than once. So I'll leave it at that though. We'll leave it at that. Cause I'm probably go back to, I'm going to start getting teary and start crying. So just let's, let's move on. Let's no, move and on. It's, especially <laughs> these, uh, these fake Chris Perantos out there oh, hitting Lord. up women for money. And so I always hear about that, uh, but I've gotten some, you know, it's funny ever since I came on board, I've gotten some weird emails too, that I've had to block a few people. Um, they're like sending me their life stories. It's a, it's a little weird, and I'm not talking about like in a way of uh of of like supporting the podcast. I think it's like like borderline stalker. But anyway, I, I want to get to some more reviews here. Uh, like this one right here from Max Buffalo. Uh, Chris Peranto, you're an American hero. I greatly thank you for your service. Uh, thank you and your team for the knowledge given at your training classes. So this is a guy who's attended your classes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I'm extremely excited about your podcast. So that's a good one right there. 
perfect. That, and that the, the training and the battle line, which is where we took the name from, for those of y'all that and most that follow us know that. But battle line is actually my tactical training company and myself and a gentleman, a first ranger bat gentleman by the name of Ben Morgan, uh, who also brilliant guys, first ranger bat. He, I'll, I'll, even though he's first ranger bat, he still is a brilliant guy. I'll give him some slack for being first bat. There's Savannah, the smart one. And then also uh, the professor, Benjamin Glossop, Benny Glossop, two of the instructors with me on battle line tactical you know that we've been out teaching and training uh anywhere from former law enforcement to current law enforcement to just somebody just first time picking up a handgun or a rifle and uh you know that it's been an amazing experience that way because i i've just i've got to get out there and teach and shoot a little bit and and you know the the, the i like doing the basic classes more than i like doing and the the more advanced classes because i i love seeing people smile especially ones that are that have never held a handgun in their life and they realize that it, it, it gives them a little bit of confidence when they start being able to shoot but realize that this this is fun this is a good time and, and you know you don't have to be a hard ass blacker ops than I you know I got blacker ops than you do kind of instructor that you just got to be mean to everybody just to it just to show that you know how to shoot you can actually just take classes from these guys that laugh and goof and have a good time and still, learn something at these classes and be safe and be responsible with your handgun, but also be more confident that you can protect yourself. I'll give a story. One, there's a lady in Colorado that goes and she hunts my gems. You know, she's one of those gem hunters that go up on the mountainsides and they stake their claims of something. I think used to have a show out there called, it was a show on, on history channel and it showed kind of, women and men that went out there and did that gym hunting but it can be very very dangerous and it's very competitive and they'll have claims where they are finding gems in these stones and you mark these claims you go home then you come back well they have claim jumpers that come in and take these claims and will take your stones away while you're out and it's very cutthroat and she actually says i am more confident now and i'll go out by myself because I know how to handle myself and I know how to handle my handgun and I know how what situational awareness is and I know how to to just open my head up and look around and get out of just get get out of mindset I I'm in an area now where I've got to have uh, I've got to be very aware of my surroundings and she went from being somebody that couldn't even couldn't even load her handgun to where she came to an active shooter course for mine and Ben's and we did in Colorado Springs to somebody that can actually she's getting it she knows how to do tactics now and just to see the smile on her face is is amazing i love to see in the confidence it's just it's in the battle line just i that was ian that's your that's your brilliancy there i didn't even think what to call the pa- podcast i think it works out well it looks good too looks good on the on the dang logo page definitely yeah i wouldn't call it brilliancy i mean you're the one who came up with the name and i i like the name but all right getting through more of these reviews here and i won't be able to do this every week but i figured these initial reviews will uh give these guys all a shout out um a must listen this is from mtd 10 millimeter Ian and Chris have launched what will be a number one rated podcast on any platform. The guests and topics they teased about having on uh, will make it an absolute must listen. Keep crushing it, gentlemen. Uh, This is JC Cal 12. Love the first episode. Anytime I can listen to Chris and learn something about leadership is an hour well spent. Uh, And then I'll get to this uh, other one here. I mean, we have more (coughs) reviews than just this, but this is from C Nance announcer, which I recognize the name. I think that's Carl Nance on Facebook. Uh, raw and unfiltered. These guys are great. I can't wait to hear more, hear more episodes. So keep leaving those reviews on Apple because even though we ended up going up there late, we're now one of the top podcasts in the government category off the bat, which is awesome. And we really appreciate the support. You know, I was going to ask you this because that, Ian, and this is my question to you. 
you know, we're we are in the government category, but do we fall? Why do we fall under? And that, this is this is my ignorance, and I'm asking you online because I think we can do it on the show here. I think it's it's good subject. Yeah. Why why did we fall under government? I say I say we fall more on the, more under motivation, like a lot of these reviews, leadership, or even a faith based. That's where I would say we would fall under. But yeah, whatever. I I don't make the category. So tell me, explain yeah. to me and the and the listeners how that's made because I don't I want to know. It's a tough call. I mean, I'm the one who decided it. Uh, okay. You know, okay. I just felt like i could i could tell you all the categories right now if you give me a second here because there is there is like a faith-based category but i don't feel like we're totally that either you know where yeah, it's we're, hard we're to put of... us in a category so all the categories are this i'll just read them all really quick uh news i wouldn't say we're news no no, no. uh we don't we don't want to be news because we like to tell the truth so we're not going to do news yeah comedy <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do some comedy here and there but we're not comedy there's comedy right there dude i just threw some comedy <laughs> at you that's a that's gold right there come on man <laughs> um we got sports history true crime society and culture you know maybe a little arts yeah. business education fiction Government, that's what I have us in. Health and fitness, we'll do a little of that, of course. We'll do some health and fitness. Oh, no, we definitely will. Um, Kids and family, leisure, music. Then there's religion and spirituality, uh, science, technology, TV, and film. I think the problem is we're not one of anything. And I I think a lot of the guests we're going to have on are a little bit more in the government category. And you know what I like, too? I like that the government category isn't totally saturated, so we get some attention um, yeah, no, I, I I feel you. No, I, I got you, brother. That, that makes sense. Because certain sense. categories, there are so many podcasts that no matter how well we do, it's tough to break that top uh, shows. And and yeah. a lot of the people who listen, for example, to where I was at Soft Rep, they're in that category. So, you know, I think we're going to share a lot of the same audience of not just them, um, but I think Jocko Willink might be in like the motivation stuff. I it's it's a tough call and and I just I ended up going government. I could I could always change it, but I, I no I I know I, I I after hearing all those and and no I I agree. I when I think of government, I just I just think of politicians and gosh I can't stand politicians for even though we'll probably have some on every once in a while I'll, I'll have to bite my tongue a few times or no I won't I'll skip <laughs> it out is but no I I agree because there really isn't there really isn't we'll have and I, I do believe we'll have some health people on there oh, absolutely big health nuts so are you um and we'll do some of the faith-based stuff because i do i i do i do believe in god and i do believe that faith needs to be talked about a little bit more i think that's why our country's in the problems it is it's not because it, it's not because of an inanimate object just because of we've lost a little bit of virtue out there and we need to get it back but brother i that's why you're the pro. That's why I am following your lead. Like I did the little me. What did I do? The meme or the little emoji? You're the squirrel, buddy. I'm just the nut. It's your world, bro. You, you <laughs> I, just do, do tell me what I need to do. Yeah, I think once people hear it, they'll get it, and that's what matters. I mean, like I'm looking right now. Joe Rogan is in the comedy category. I know Joe Rogan's a comedian, but would I really call the show comedy? No, I think what we're going to do is sort of similar. We're all over the place. As, and that's but that's what he's known for. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I, I, I'm with you, brother. We're, we're good. We're good on that. If, if, but you know what? 
all you listeners out there, you're more than welcome to go on Battle Line Facebook and put your opinion in there of what yeah. category we should be. I there we are we should be interactive. We are an interactive podcast. There you go. Right oh, there. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on everything on Facebook at Battle Line Podcast, Twitter at Battle Line Pod, Instagram at Battle Line Podcast. We try to be as responsive as possible. Um with that, you know what I wanted to talk about, and this is sort of more in the politics government category. I sent you this article, and yeah. it, unfortunately, since sending you that article of the day that we're recording, I found out that there was a school shooting yeah, today, California. Shooting Santa California. Clarita, California. I mean, it's just disgusting hearing about these these shootings every few months. It's out of control. But what I wanted to talk about, and maybe we could talk about the bigger issue at large with these. But Vice, Vice News put out this article from Tess Owen. Supreme Court will let Sandy Hook parents sue Remington for the deaths of deaths of their children. Yeah. The Supreme Court rejected a Hail Mary appeal from the gunmaker on Tuesday. Just to read a little bit here. Families who have lost loved ones in the 2012 shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School can proceed with their lawsuit against the gunmaker behind the AR-15 style rifle used in the deadly rampage. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court rejected a Hail Mary appeal from Remington Arms, which was founded over 200 years ago and claims to be the oldest gun manufacturer in the U.S. The gunmaker had asked the uh, high court to hear its case after the Connecticut Supreme Court greenlit a lawsuit to hold the company accountable for the massacre that left 20 young children and six adults dead in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, which, by the way, uh, strangely enough, is where Drew Dwyer ended up moving was to Newtown, Connecticut. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. But anyway, um, I'm not going to read the full article. It goes without saying we feel for these parents. It is an unspeakable tragedy that happened. But I will say suing a gunmaker for the for the horrible actions of a mentally ill and uh, and I mean despicable human being, if you can even call him that, is it sets an extremely dangerous precedent. And people, you know, where I posted it, we're talking about, you know, are we going to sue car manufacturers now? It's it's a very dangerous precedent. Well, it is a slippery slope, and it all started when the lady at McDonald's. You know, how long ago? Twenty years ago, where she drank a hot cup of coffee and she burned herself, and and she sued. And now, you know, now they've you've got to have warning labels saying that coffee's hot when you drink it. it it's you're just that. It's a slippery slope. Where does it end? Um, but going away from that, just coming back to the inanimate object, the gun, and, and believe me, I, I do feel bad for the for the families i do i have kids that go to schools here um i know that uh if that happened i would be i would be worried sick and if it, if my children were some that 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 died i would feel uh, i don't know i'd be beside them they're beside myself they're they're my world they're what keep me they're they're what keep me grounded but to to, to take another law even if it's civil and now this is more of a civil civil case it's not a criminal you're not putting another criminal law in the books it, it's not going to stop. It doesn't stop people from getting a gun or getting a knife or getting a hammer or whatever and doing these unspeakable crimes. Like we go back to to virtue again, brother. It, it, it's it, Laws are made because people were losing virtue. That's when laws came about. Laws are their man's laws. We're going to put these laws in effect because people can't control themselves. People can't control the bad things that they do. Once we get virtue, once we get a God or whatever you want to believe in, whatever faith you have, once that comes back, especially within the schools, I, these crimes, it's a long process. It's not going to happen overnight because we've destroyed it. 
over a long period of time by by being or by political correctness. Once we stop, once we put these things back in the schools, you get the pledge of allegiance. You get respect. You you do put prayer back in. You do, and whatever faith you are, then have that prayer for that particular faith in the school. It doesn't have to be Christianity, but have prayers back. That's when things are going to change, and it's going to be a long process. Like I said, it's not going to happen overnight, but just putting it, implementing another law, that's not going to stop it. There are already laws in these schools. There are already civil – There's this is just a civil law now that you're putting in. It's, a, it, it's not going to stop, it's not going to stop the, the shootings. It's, it's not. And now, if, if it was Remington, if Remington did something wrong or a gun maker, somebody so, or, a, or, a, or a dealer sold these guns – to somebody that shouldn't have had them, I do believe, yeah, they are responsible. You, you, you didn't do your background check. Why does this person have the gun? Yeah, and that would, I mean, that would probably be more so the gun store than the manufacturer. That would have been the manufacturer. To sue the manufacturer, what good does that do? I, I, you know, I, I would love it that we could live in, in a country. I, if we could live in an area where there are no guns, there's no violence, utopia, I, I would love that. I, I don't need, if, if, if I don't want all my, you can have them, tear, take them. Perfect, but crime won't stop. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name, his name is Shouta. Shouta Zhang. He owns North Sports Gun Club there out in uh, right outside Chicago, China. Right, they, they have probably some of the strictest gun laws in in the world, if if not it, the if not the strictest. He says we still have violence. They're not going to stop the guns. The people just are killing each other with knives now. The media may not show that. You may not see the news, but in my country, that's what happens. He goes, when I came to America, I felt safer here. And he lives in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I, this guy is telling I feel safer in Chicago than I do living in my own country. And they have the strictest gun laws in the world, uh, if not one of the strictest, the strictest in China. And he says, I feel more safe here. I, it, it comes again back to morality and virtue, and it comes back to just having respect for your fellow man. It, and we've lost those things when we started to put God as a as a side note. We lost those things. When we started to put faith as a side note, and and rely more on ourselves. And we can we can control each other, and with, by putting more laws up or more responsibility as far as civil law uh, to gun manufacturers or whoever else, it ain't going to stop it. Yeah, because if I'm not right, and help me out, Ian, I may be wrong, but Connecticut still has pretty strict gun laws as well. Oh, extremely strict. I actually remember, um, you know, there was a law that you can't even sell body armor there, which you could sell it to every other state. It's extremely strict in Connecticut. And that's, you know, it's probably from the the dang shootings of robberies there in California, where, again, we had a shooting in California today. How strict are those gun laws in California? Are they stopping any gun violence? No, they're not. Um, and and you I, know what? I, I feel like I feel like the foresight of of the people who are advocating for strict gun control is very short sighted because we know what's the capabilities right now of three D printers. You're going to yeah, have to start yeah. really doing some serious regulations on three D printers if you're going to go that route because we know that you could print guns with three D yeah. printers. And whether they shoot one time or whether they shoot ten times, it doesn't matter. It only takes one. I, I wasn't. I and we're getting. We're, we are getting into news a little bit politics, but that's the Trump, beauty of this Trump's podcast. We don't. We don't belong did, in any category. <laughs> that's but, we can do whatever. 
didn't Trump's administration, they wanted to legalize 3D printing of guns, I think, and the Supreme Court shot them down. I'll, and just so you folks know out there, I'm not some Trump zealot. I'm not. I, I agree with things that he does. I disagree with some of the things. I don't agree. That's right. I, no, you should not make it more e easier for somebody to make a gun, especially with a 3D printer. I, I completely – and maybe I'm wrong. We have to search that out. But I could have swore there – I saw something. And I don't watch the news too much. I'm so, such a nice, a happier person if I see something I'm the, I'm the, the exact same things. way. You realize I don't even have cable anymore. I'm in my, my <laughs> you're, little you're apartment. You're so much happier. <laughs> yeah, I don't need it, man. I really don't. I you know, and, and I'm completely up on everything going on. I mean you go on Twitter. You go on Facebook. You're going to hear the news right as it comes out. I don't, I don't need – yeah. I don't know Shepard Smith or whoever yeah, else no, to give me the news. Yeah. It is, and you're, you're that is turning into propaganda anyway. The our dang media services. So I, I'm the same way, brother. But it, it, it comes back again. We can talk all day implementing more gun laws, <laughs> yeah. civil laws. But when people want to do the right thing and they start holding their own selves accountable. All right, then things will stop. When sir or ma'am disappear, the rest are sure to follow. That's one of my favorite lines from the old country from old men. Uh, no country for old men, but that is so correct. Basically, when discipline, when respect leave, the rest are sure to follow, and that's exactly where our country's at at the moment. And, and, and until we get that, those values back and we get virtue back in our hearts – and I'm not – hey, I'm not Joel Osteen out here, guys. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just telling you this is just what I see. And, and I've been on all sides, and I have taken a life with the gun before. Granted, it was a terrorist, and I was fighting to save others, but I have done that before. Um, it's not a fun feeling even when you are doing it for the right reasons, whether you – and there's an argument on there whether it's right or wrong. But it's not a good feeling, but I still – without that virtue and me saying, man – did I do the right thing, even though I'm doing it, protecting others and protecting myself and these people are trying to kill me? That virtue in my heart's telling me, guys, I, I just took somebody's life. Yeah. yeah and and I, I, granted, it's my job. I, if I had to do it again, I would to protect my life, to protect families, to protect innocence. But those that don't have virtue in their hearts don't have anything to believe in because of how we are nowadays. Uh, we believe in social media and whatever else we have out there. That's, that's not the man or woman upstairs, whatever you want to believe in uh, as far as, but the faith, you don't have that faith and we're going to keep having these shootings. We're going to keep having these, 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 these people out there doing this. But I, I'm agree with you though. If, if, if there are gun stores, gun makers, gun dealers out there, that are that are that you're they're, they're providing weapons to people that shouldn't have them i do believe there should be some criminal responsibility yeah you're, but you're, but definitely. that's not the case in this i mean and also no. remington is not personally selling no. guns to people so no you know no. they're it, selling them to gun dealers and the dealers are the ones who get to make those decisions and and for the most part we know that by the vast majority of gun dealers are very responsible. They, they don't oh, yeah, want to be do the right thing. They, they know the consequences yeah. of not doing the wrong thing. So you, you're exactly of right. Of not bro. doing the right I, thing, I should say. You know, one thing I wish I would see more though, and I'm an, Hey guys, I'm an MRA, NRA lifetime member. I am. I, I belong to the NRA. I really wish, and I know they go on the defensive because they kind of, they it really, I, sometimes I feel like they have to because they get pushed so much. I would like to see them, even just speak out a little bit more and just not, not just speak out against the violence. Cause that, but just 
just even offer an apology like publicly, and it, it, they may have to do that every week. I, I got it. How how where are we at with 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 gun violence nowadays? But going out these these mass shootings and and just even condolences. So uh, sometimes it, even as an NRA member, and I know I'm going to get crushed from all you all you NRA two A, and I'm a two A guy too, guys. I am, but just going in there, say you know what, gosh. I, we want to offer condolences to the families. Just we are sorry for what happened. No, I, w- I would tend to agree. But also, as you've seen, it's only, there's this like prayer shaming thing where if you say yeah. thoughts and prayers, you literally get shamed for it. Well, go out there and we'll, I'll do a prayer thing with the NRA then because it does. And if people shame us, to hell with them. <laughs> I'll say that. You know, that's what they want to do. Fine. Go. But we'll do this and this. And at least we're we're showing some remorse for what's going on. And and um, but it, I, I do think, though, the NRA sometimes uh, the NRA goes on the defensive because, damn, they they, they have to because immediately it's their fault. Yeah. And I don't believe that either. But you're a huge organization. You are. 2A and most and the majority of gun owners are uh, do have a lot of faith. Let's just you know do the right thing. Let's quick. We're going defensive. Yes, we're going a little bit, but let's go ahead and show some compassion too. And if we and if it's a prayer, then let's do a a, a prayer. We'll do that. And they they set up a person, maybe even a division where that's what they do. They 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 do a prayer if there's something like this that happens, and just to show that you know what. We're not all guns. We're not just going to go out and give guns to everybody. We care about this country, but being armed legally is also something to help citizens protect themselves, and it's a necessity, and that's why we are the greatest country in the world. But uh, I don't know, brother. It's it's a slippery slope on on whatever route you go. I just and I I know I go in circles sometimes, and I do feel and I do want to offer my condolences to the family out in California and also the ones in Connecticut because. Children are innocent, man. Yeah. And I've seen this downrange too. I've seen kids playing on, on monkey bars in the middle of Kabul, Afghanistan, when there's a firefight down the road and all they want to do is be kids and, yeah. and children are innocent to take innocent lives away like that. It, it hurts. And I can't even imagine. I, I don't even want to imagine uh, if it was my children. Um, so and believe me, if, if we could get rid of guns and they'd be gone and we violence would stop totally, okay, here. But that's 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 a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. Yep. It, it's, not, it's not. Violence is going to happen regardless whether there's guns or not. Yeah, and that's why we need people like you, I, I will say, to train people, the good guys, to know what to do in those situations. And that's why you do what you do. But uh, amen to all that, man. And it actually brings us to another topic real quick before we bring General Tata on, who's standing by. Uh, I We were talking about this over the weekend because we try to you know keep up with each other. Uh, at least <laughs> yeah. like check in once a day or so with how everything is going with the podcast. Then it was over the weekend and I know you are a faith-based guy. And I was like, yeah. oh, are you going to uh church on Sunday with your family? And you were like, no, I, I don't really go to any church regularly. Yeah. And it was a discussion we got into how you could be a Christian or faith-based, whatever you are in your own home and read the Bible. And it, it doesn't mean you have to be inside four walls that are called the church or a temple. No, you, you can be a faith. You can be a Christian anywhere you want. I've been I've been praying every night. Believe it or not, I've been praying every night since I was twelve. Every night I pray, and this and I'm forty eight. Every and and so I and I I do I did have an instant where I felt like the touch of God was there. I was protected during a firefight. I did, um, 
I know that God's there. I know that there are tests and there are paths and yeah. you don't need to go to church all the time. Just, just to, just to be in touch with God. You can be in touch with God anytime you want. Um, and sometimes brother, when we talk about, I, I do think sometimes there's, there's some hypocrisy. People go to church. I, I do. I don't know if they really believe it or not. They just go to church just to, just to, and that's why I kind of pulled away from it for a little while. And I, uh, my kids go to a, to a Lutheran church. I did actually go Wednesday with my daughter and my daughter actually has a church service on Wednesday and it was awesome to go with my little girl because that's family. I felt you, you feel close, but I do think that sometimes people go to church just because that's what everybody does in their neighborhood or, or, and they're not really taking, they're not listening to God. I, I, and I, I I could be completely wrong, but I just, I I felt that way sometimes going like, man, look at these people that we're supposed to be, believing in God. And I think they're just here. They're, they're just doing, li- it's just lip, we call it lip service. You're just doing lip service. It could be possible you're in your, you just haven't found the right place for you. Cause I do, I, I've seen in my experience times where I was away from all of that. I, I come from an interesting background, which you don't really have time to get into, but like I was raised Jewish. Uh, half my family's Jewish, half my friend family's Catholic. Uh, this would be a long story to get into, but I've told you, like, my friend George had me going to a, uh, evangelical church and I still regularly go. And like, this might shock some people, you know what I mean? But I like being around faith-based people. I, I like, I, the whole, you know, biblical thing of iron sharpens iron. Sometimes when you're, uh, secluded yeah. by yourself, you fall into bad habits and it's sometimes good to be around just other other people who believe in a higher power and i i mean i just i find some solace in that and at the same time you you don't have to go anywhere so i i agree with you on that front as well well i i brother you're you're right on i I, both fronts too whatever you decide just if you are what i tell you if you're going to go to church then go to church because you believe in god don't go to church just because well i'm going to church i'm here I'm really not listening to what the pastor has to say. I'm really not listening to what the Bible has to say. I'm just kind of here because this is what I've been doing since I was five years old. Um, I, I hear a lot of Catholics who have, you know, almost the fear of if they don't go, I, they're they're going to, you know, have eternal damnation. And that is not the reason to go. No, that's that's a, there. There is some guilt that needs to be there uh, when you commit a sin. I That's why, again, we come back to virtue. We, we just talked about that. But to have guilt because because you don't go to church. No, if, if you're right with God or you're right with whatever faith you're with, if you're right with it, you're going to be good and you're going to feel it too. And I do agree with you there too. I lost my way a bit when, when I wasn't going to church. Now I just say, don't go all the time. No, that's not correct. Like I said, I just went last Wednesday with my daughter. I have a tremendous pastor. Uh, oh, that's who, great then. Yeah. And, 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 um, to say that I don't go ever. No, of course not. That's ridiculous. Of course I do. And I grew up going to church, but, and my pastor was one of the people when I was working down range, he's one of the people I would come and confide in. Uh, if I ever had a guilt issue or like, man, I don't think I did the right thing here. So uh, no, I, I, I have those people in my life, but to say that you have to go to church every Sunday, just so you are to, can be a good Christian. No. And to say that a good Christian will never tell you that you have to believe in Christianity either. I don't believe that either. You can believe whatever you want, just have faith in something. And I say that all the time to people. And that, I think that's what makes a good Christian. And uh, like yourself, you're, you're a grab bag of all sorts of religions. I we do need to talk about that one day. Yeah, wow, it would man. be cool to get into, man, because <laughs> yes. I a lot of people have this uh, criticism of people who fall into that category of uh, spiritual but not religious. 
And yeah. I definitely fall into that category. I don't really label myself anything and I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that label gets a bad rap and I, I think some people just don't fit into the box. And I, I love hearing Buddhist philosophy sometimes, or I'm oh, yeah. definitely a believer in karma, which is, uh, has roots in Hinduism. Hinduism I, I like, yep. uh, Bruce Lee once said, uh, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, take what is uniquely your own. And that's kind of what I take from everything. That's how we all should be. Just have faith, have faith in something, even if it's a grab bag of faith of, of a lot of different, different higher powers, different religions, different gods, whatever. You know, I believe what I believe in. I'm not going to preach it to you. Sure. I'm not. But but this is what I believe. And and I do believe that there is God out there. And and I said, I, I really feel like I did feel that at one point in time, just by just by the feeling of just being protected. Um, didn't feel it all the time, but I did. And but that's why I used to tell people, you know what? And I've, I, you don't have to you don't have to just be Catholicist. So you don't have to be believe in Judaism or be a Protestant like you. You can be a mixed bag of everything, but you still believe in something. And that's what makes you amazing, brother. That's what makes anybody amazing. That's why. You come off genuine too, and I trust you. I wouldn't have done this if I didn't trust you. I, same, I same with you, man. Now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I know we're, we're going down a rabbit hole. No, it's fine. Man. This is something we discussed because, uh, and it goes yeah. back into the we don't fit into a category thing. I would love to bring, for example, my friend Truthseeker on here who talks about spiritual issues all the time and is a Christian, but doesn't really fit into the Christian box. And you'll see what I mean if we bring him on. But That's I have right. <laughs> all different types of people I want to bring on here. But with that, we do have uh, General Anthony Tata standing by, AJ Tata, who just put out a new book, Double Crossfire, uh, which is the latest in the Jake Mahegan series. So let's get right over to him. So for the first time on Battleline Podcast, episode two is none other than AJ Tata. I mean, that's really your pen name, but Tony Tata, General Tata. Uh, I mean, it's the first time on this podcast, but I've I've interviewed you three or four yeah, times yeah, at this point. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, on uh, other podcasts, and you know, you're my. I, I just signed you a, a book, Double Crossfire. Here, that's you know, awesome. my my favorite podcaster is what I say in there. So I really appreciate yeah. it, yeah, and I've been on a lot of shows, so you really do a great job, Ian. I I know you have. No, I I really appreciate it. I was telling Chris all about you, and mm-hmm. that's why we're excited to do this. Um. The funny thing is, I mean, I'll be transparent with the audience. I'm texting everybody I know in the community, shamelessly <laughs> trying to get this out there. And Tony said, Hey, I'm going to be in New York on Thursday. I'm doing a, you know, hit on Fox and probably what, what else are you doing? Uh, well, I've got a business up here okay. and, and uh, had a board meeting. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of things going on. I got a place well, up on, uh, up on West Side. Yeah, so. thanks. I did. You got, you got a lot going on, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate you t- just taking well, some time then. Just at least let me say thanks before I start getting all Ranger on you. Start, start talking out of my ass. Well, so. well uh, like I said, Chris, it's a real privilege to be on with you and, and Ian. And, uh, and, you know, thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah, I mean, the ra- the reason we were doing this is he's promoting the new book, Double Crossfire, which, you know, I wrote all this down because I want to make sure I have my stuff together. I is the sixth book in the uh, Jake Mahegan series. That's right. And I think when I first met you, you were on like the third or fourth. Yeah, so you were yeah. really pumping these yeah, out there. Besieged was our first um, uh, podcast. And then there was Direct Fire and then Dark Winter. And now you're on book four. And that's probably the fourth time we've been on the air together. Do you still love doing this? Because I, I know do. you went into it with a passion right after leaving the military 20-year career. Yeah. Or yeah. is it a grind at this no, point? No, no. I, I love it. Uh, you know, I'm writing. Uh, this, is, this is my 12th novel. 
and it's yeah, the no, six wow. in the series. And I, you know, every time I, I, I've got a new uh, book I'm writing, I do two a year now. That's one every six months. And, and I just love the creative process is like being a painter, an artist or, you know, whatever. And, and I just, you know, plug in my music and I sit there and, and I create and, you know, two, three, four thousand words later, I'm, I take a break and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm creating these characters and it's fun. And I, I tap into, to great, uh, guys and gals that I know that I serve with and, and I just channel their characteristics, right? I don't write about anybody in particular, but I, sure. you know, it's easy. You know, I serve with, you know, great rangers like Chris and, and, and others and, and, if I just create the loyalty, the duty, the honor, respect that they that they showed in their service and in my protagonist, then I'm going to have somebody that the readers really want to uh, care about and follow. And and just flip that over for the antagonist, you create some you know douchebag. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and um, you know that's how I, that's what I like to do. What, hey, General, what what just me asking and and. Did you were you in literature when you were going? Because you you went to West Point, correct? If I'm not right, you're, I, you're I did, ring, you're I down, did. You're, you're and, ring knocker, aren't you? Did, yeah, did you? I, did you? I, I will make fun of that later. Don't worry, I'll get to that. <laughs> I, I got that saved. No, I, I well maybe a little bit. But did did you major in literature? I, mean, I just no. what I want people is is it? Or did you follow that road to get into book writing? Were you already a writer? Were you no. studying to be that when you were in college and then it went that way? No, you, you know, Chris, my mom was a big reader and both my parents were teachers and, and literacy was a big thing in our household. And sure. I was one of these kids that would come back from book fair day with, you know, uh, 10, yes. 10, 15 books on, <laughs> under my arm. And, and my mom and dad would say, what, how are you going to read all those? And like two days later, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. I need more stuff to read. And, and mom started leaving these, uh, she had Louis Lamore and Zane Gray, and she would leave them laying around the house, and I would, and they'd be dog-eared, and I really wasn't sure what that meant, but I would just take it, and then I would read it, and I'd throw it under my bed, and you know, mom a week later say, you know, have you seen that this you know book, you know, Rattlesnake Trail or you know whatever it is, and and I'm like, oh yeah, I've got you know, I'd look under my bed, and I have like 15 of her little paperbacks she'd be reading, none of what she had finished, so. <laughs> and, and that sort of switched me on. Then I kind of grew into Stephen King and, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, his early stuff. And, and I just became, you know, I, I remember telling my dad when I'm, uh, when I was about 12, he asked me, you know, the typical prototypical question. You know, my dad's an Italian, the son of Italian immigrants. So my grandparents came in through Ellis Island and settled in Detroit, Michigan. And my, my grandfather was a brick mason. So everything he did, you know, and this was back in the 20s. 20s and 30s um you know my dad was born and, and my dad was uh helping you know when he was like six or seven helping sling mortar and that kind of thing uh you know just some of the, a few italians uh working their way up in the you know inner inner part of uh detroit there while the automobile wow. industry is um you know starting uh starting up and so they're building and scaling and and uh you know my my dad was this amazing athlete uh baseball and football player so he goes to the university of virginia and uh, but he never lost that sense of 
um, immigrant and, you know, work hard, hard save, hard work. Yeah, yeah, and uh, earn your way. And so I, I, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and I said, well, I want to write fiction novels. And he kind of laughs and says, you got to put food on the table, man. And, and so, um, well, you, 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 you did it. Well, you did both. You put food on the table you, and you went to radio school. You got your tab, you got down right. range and now yeah. you're, you got every, that's what I always tell just go do everything, do right. everything, experience it all. Yeah, and, that's right, Chris. And, and, uh, that's right. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. And brick mason. I was a mason tender for a summer, and I will tell you what, being a ranger and being a battalion, and then also deploying was hard. Holy shit! Yeah. I, the mason tender was. I was like, okay, I definitely need to go back into rangers because I ain't slinging and carrying stones at <laughs> yeah, six right. a.m. Right. for the rest of my life. That was tough. I'll tell I, you I what, man. That. Wow. Yeah, and but you know when my grandfather um, passed, though he'd built a nice little construction business there, and you know he he, he uh, had his own business. He he was the epitome of the American dream. Italian immigrants coming over. He had fought in World War One for Italy, and then in the twenties came wow. over, and here he is. He built his own business, and and uh, you know had a lot of pride in America, and he was a prototypical um, you know legal immigrant that comes over here and and does. Does, uh, you know, great things, and and that's that's the backbone of America. That's what we're all about here. Pa- patriotism, yeah. My my grandfather. I'm, I'll be honest. My grandfather wasn't illegal before he came. He was came in came over from Mexico, got a citizenship, and I learned my my family from Italy came over illegally. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. I, I heard you talk about that too, Chris. So yeah, it, yeah. It, but it but the, he he was the biggest patriot in the world, and I don't think it's an I don't think that. It's a it's a coincidence that you know your grandfather, my grandfather, fathers, you know immigrants coming over that we decided to go towards that military route because right. they are the biggest patriots in the world. They, yeah. they my dad, my grandfather is a huge patriot, and, yeah. and, and I said should say he was. He did pass, mm-hmm. but you know immigration now. I don't want to get into politics. I right. hate that shit. Yeah. I, right. really I do too. But, yeah, but I it, do but too. it does show that that. You know, immigrants were. No, there are some good immigrants come over and 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 I don't say assimilate, but bring over their their backbone, bring over their hard work. It does trickle down to us right. younger yeah. generations, yeah, and, yeah, and, and then we keep moving on and, and doing doing great things in their names, like you're doing now, especially. And also, I admire you for writing so many books. I'm done three books, and I got yeah. well three three. You know, no. most people never write one, so three's uh, that's uh, well, most people, and there's very few that write eighteen or fourteen. Yeah. I know, but well, no, that's that's admirable. And then all she had to work for Nick with Nick Irving. So I, you know, how much how many life did you lose doing that? <laughs> yeah, you know, Nick. Uh, Nick's an awesome. Yeah, so we yeah, we do the Reaper fiction yep. series, and uh, we I just uh, we just turned in book three of that. Uh, it's uh, Drone Strike is the name of it, and yep. it'll be out next May. And uh, he's such a great partner. You know, he's, he's, uh, as you know, he's, uh, you know, yeah. rain, ranger bat through and through. He's all about, yeah. um, you know, duty on our country, serve, serve your nation. Uh, rangers lead the way and all the way. Uh, he's, uh, he's a, uh, you know, fabulous, uh, marksman and, and, uh, he knows all about weapons and he's just a great human being. That's, that's why I work, like working with, uh, Nick. Yeah. No, he's he's tremendous. I won't, and it's okay. He went to third bat right, right before I won't, again. I, I had to. I, I both of us I know are probably going. Damn, we wish we would have went to first bat. At least we've been by the beach. I was freezing up in Fort Lewis. So yeah, right. But right. I, I will. I will. I admire. No, I admire Nick, and, and Nick's a real deal. Uh, and and him with the books with you is is amazing. That's how I know of you. 
uh, from from you riding with Nick. Yeah. And I, I do think that's just crazy that that you are helping him do fiction and and then also with just how successful the books are with with Nick. But yeah, he's he's a talent. And so are you. And yeah. and uh, you know, I'll leave it at that. And I'll go in some more with that a little bit. But I'm gonna. I think I'm talking over. Everybody. No, no, no. You know, um, Nick. Um, Nick was. Uh, you know, we have the same agent. A lot of people say, "Well, how did you and Nick get hooked up?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, we're so much alike. Can't you just look at us and tell?" You know, <laughs> I'm an old yeah. white guy. He's a young dreadlocked uh, guy. You know, and, um, and and we have the same agent. And uh, Nick's um, autobiography did very, very well. And and our uh, agent uh, said, hey, um, why don't the general and the sergeant write a book together um, and cre- create a fiction series? And so we've created Vic Harwood, who is sort of the fictional spinoff of, of Nick. And uh, he's, you know, we, we've got a little bit of following going there. And it's a lot of fun uh, to do. You, you definitely do have to have a have some chemistry because I, a lady, I, Melissa Morris, helped me write The Ranger Way and also. Uh, right, uh, the Patriots Creed, and if there's not that chemistry there where you can get along with each other, because there are times where she calls like, I, I don't want to talk, I, we, I don't want to do this right now. I, I'm, I'm, can we just leave me alone? I want family time. Right. And and it, it, you definitely have to be able to just sit down and have conversations with each other and just tolerate each other. Because right. I, I don't know if you and Nick do it that way, but I know her, me and Melissa do sit down and we go over everything. And then I, I, I've, I tell her, hey, this is what we need, or I'll write something out, give it to her, and she'll write something out, give it to me, and and we'll make sure that it's that it's in. Line, but it's some there's times where I just just leave me alone for a little bit. I just got home from being <laughs> on the road for two weeks, and and so if you Nick must have a good rapport. And again, I, I don't I don't see how you can't without without. Um, being so successful as you right. guys are. And, well, and, and uh, well thanks. Uh, he, he's such a creative uh, at heart. You know, he plays the guitar. He's he, <laughs> he's uh, very creative with his, um, uh, you know, his ideas and writing. And, and yeah, we collaborate and, and uh, we just have a good uh, yin and yang going. Yeah, he's he really is a creative guy. Like I remember when I interviewed him way back and he talked about what he was doing prior to putting out the books and all that. And he was like selling survival kits and he was telling me like he recorded voiceover and he would deepen the voice and he and he was like buying ads on Infowars. He was telling me of like, you know, the, the apocalypse is coming. Be prepared type thing. And I'm like, I, to me, I'm like, that's kind of all that is creative that's right, right. to put that type of thing together. And he's totally a personality. And I, I could see where you guys are coming from though in terms of putting the books together because as though you you know as you said you have your differences i think it makes more sense that they hooked him up with you than just any co-writer right you right, you right. have the military background and the respect in the community so right, right. yeah and, and we have a great editor and mark resnick at st martin's press mcmillan and <laughs> and mark does a great job uh coaching us uh, along and, and uh, the editor's the key it yeah, makes the books, yeah. it, it, it makes a book not turn especially as military guys makes it turn into a a real book and not yeah. a pop-up or a coloring book yeah, yeah. Or, or or a field manual right so yeah, yeah right. Exa- exactly <laughs> Right, this A, B, C. No, we we have to. The normal person, and norm, I mean normal in a very very kind way. I mean, but a non-military person's got to read this and actually enjoy to read it, not just uh, task condition and standards down the line like a military person would. <laughs> We're not doing a seven eight. We're doing a book, and, and I I learned that in the first book too. And but they do. They the editors are fantastic, and I I'm over at Hachette, and they do a fantastic job oh, too. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a yeah, it's amazing how you put stuff on paper, and then all of a sudden you get it back like. 
Oh crap! This is a book. I didn't. Ma- I just was putting ideas down. Right. And now they turned it into a, a novel. Or, right. or so it's. But you've got that. You've got that West Point with you anyway. You're already smart. You could <laughs> right. probably be editor too and still be successful. Yeah, I don't know about that. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the creative process, and uh, I, I enjoyed uh, uh, making uh, Jake Mahegan. And I've, I've got yeah. a new contract now with uh, St. Martin's uh, standalone for me, and uh, we'll keep the Reaper thing going. But Mark, uh, you know, signed me to a separate contract, and and we're creating a a new series. So uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I was wondering how long this is going to go because, as I said, Double Crossfire is the new book out. Came out the first of the month. Yeah, I was looking on Amazon the day after this comes out. The audio book will be out as well. Yeah. Um, but I've had I've had the honor to interview guys like Brad Thor who have had their series going on for. Yeah. I don't know how many years now. Yeah. Do you intend on Jake Mahegan to last the same way that Brad Thor has? It, or is, it, it, or is it there going to be a plan yeah, that mean, you know Brad's sort of the standard in in the industry, and every everybody would aspire to have a, you know Scott Harvath and a, yep. and a Brad mm-hmm. Thor um, you know enterprise uh, franchise going, and and you know you got Vince Flynn, you got Brad Thor. I mean and, Vince Flynn no longer with us, and it's still going. Yeah, well that's a franchise, right? And yeah. so we got um, you know Kyle Mills doing a very capable job there he's an awesome um author and and uh I'll, I'll never forget brad thor is the one who helped me break into the business i was still on active duty i just uh, gotten back from uh, afghanistan and and uh you know you know the chris you'll appreciate the story i was in bosnia in 1996 and and um and 95 96 i was you know one of the i was a, a paratrooper with the 82nd i got special tasks to go over there and help out and then the four star the i commander a guy named bill crouch um Mm -hmm. uh, who i knew from a previous assignment he said tata i want you to stay and uh, be my uh, executive officer and so here i was a young major lieutenant colonel guy and and uh, so i stay over there and meanwhile you know i'm a paratrooper i have an 82nd airborne patch on my left shoulder i i you know maroon beret and all of that and uh, you know, I end up staying there for 18 months, uh, yeah. you know, working, yeah. working, uh, you know, in Bosnia and we're in and out of, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty dicey scenario over there at, at, at the time. And, and uh, we had a Delta Force team assigned to us and a guy named Rob Hobart was, um, his bodyguard, the general's bodyguard. So Rob would be on one side, I'd be on the other side. And wherever we went in the streets of Sarajevo, um, we, you know, it was me, Rob, and the general. Well, Rob and I became very close friends, and and uh, when when it was, I got assigned to uh, take battalion command in the eighty second following this assignment. I didn't. My house was not ready. I got uh, you know asked to come. The guy was relieved from the eighty second, and so I came in, and uh, everything was early. It was like March, and and. Uh, uh, Rob said, "Why don't you just stay with Patty and me?" And so I, you know, I, I crash with Rob. Here I'm, battalion <laughs> commander, and and the eighty second. I'm crashing at Rob. He's back at the you know CAG there, and and um, uh, you know, I I was writing on um his in his guest bedroom was his this is 1997 his his uh, computer was one of these big ibm yep. floppy oh, desk yeah. things and and <laughs> um I, I had rogue threat the second book i ever wrote uh, and i was like two page two thirty when i started and a month later i'm on page 270 something like that and you know i, was, I get home at like 10 o'clock at night i 
you know, write for an hour, go to bed, get up at, you know, 435 and go to PT. And, wow. and, and the, the uh, disk drive was going bad on me. So I saved it to the hard drive. And of course, my writing at back then was a big secret and I didn't even tell Rob about it. And so I, my disk is gone bad. I've saved it, rogue threat to the hard drive. And I, with every intention of like a day later coming back with a fresh pack of heart, uh, floppy disk and copying <laughs> it. it. Well, three or four days later, uh, this thing um, is uh, – uh, I, I come back with the floppy disk and I can't find rogue threat on the hard drive. And Are you panicking? Is that – because I've been there where I, I record a show, yeah. and there's oh, – I don't know if you've had this, because no. I'm looking at our engineer, where I've recorded a whole show, and then I look, and it's a flat line of audio. Yeah. It is yeah. it is the world's biggest yeah. panic. No, I was totally freaked. That 40, 40 um, you know, I was uh, – that's, you know – I, that's a lot of words, you know. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. uh, I, I was probably ten, twenty thousand words that I'd written, and I'm like, okay. So I, I go to Rob. And I'm like, hey man, did you delete something off the computer? He goes, yeah, I found this virus called Rogue Threat. I had no idea what it was. Oh, and and it was back when you were saving stuff to the root drive and all that. I mean, I didn't and, know and how. Those, that, and those uh, things were dicey at best. Yeah, right, exactly. And I'm like, hey, man, did you put it like in a um, cool little trash bin that I can now grab it and bring it back alive? And he goes, man, I'm Delta Force. I smoked that puppy. And, oh, and, my and, God. That's and I'm like, okay, worst. all right. And so I found a way to rehab the old one. So I only lost like 40 pages. Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, so the more, the point of that was he's out, you know, 10 years later, whatever. And he, (laughs) and he, he, um, he's on an airplane flying into Chicago working for Boeing as the head of their security. Mm -hmm. And, um, who's sitting next to him but Brad Thor? And Brad's talking to Rob and, you know, getting a hello out of Rob is a good conversation. And, and in your head, are you like, do uh, I approach uh, this guy? Do I not? Is- yeah, right. And, well, no, and Brad was trying to talk to him. He, did, he had no idea who But I just there. even mean for you, for, yeah. like, do I tell him this is my dream, you know, great well, to meet Well, you when or- I was talking to Rob, uh, you know – I. I, I just said, hey, man, I you know, one of my hobbies is writing books and all that. And he's like, man, I feel terrible. And so <laughs> fast forward 10 years, he meets Brad Thor on an airplane. He gets off that airplane. Gotcha. He calls me and because, you know, there's a little dark cloud. And I said, man, I, I destroyed Tate's book, you know. Oh, and, all right. And, so this and, is years and, later. Okay. Yeah, this is 10 years later. Yeah. He connects me and, and and he says, you're coming to Chicago next weekend and you're having dinner with Brad Thor. Wow. I'm like. Okay. And so I fly up there, Rob, Brad, and me, and a friend of mine in Chicago, we all had dinner, and Brad starts working very hard to get me into the industry. So I give me what you got. He sends my stuff around and gets me a publisher. And, okay. and that's, that's the kind of guy Brad Thor is. And also Rob Hobart, you know, you know, one of my, you know, great friends. And, uh, you know, it, it's relationships. The moral of that story is relationships are everything, you know. Well, and also, also have more than just a contingency plan. You better have a tertiary plan or even four right. different options whenever you're doing anything. Cause the first one's always going to go to shit. The second one could <laughs> also, but as long as you have that third or fourth one, and then you're fine, which luckily right. for you, you're able to wrap those things, grab those things off the computer. No, I, I tell and always work hard. And if that's your passion, 
you got to stick to your passion yeah. and writing is your, it sounds like writing is your passion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a business too, but you know, writing is that, that creative outlet. And yeah. I, I can remember Chris, I, I was um, getting before my first book that came out, I was still actually active duty and, and um, this talk show wanted me to come on their radio and remember um, Fraser Crane, the oh yeah, yeah the yeah. Uh, psychiatrist late night. Yeah. It was a show like that in L.A. And um, the guy's name is Howard Gluss, a little less catchy than uh, Fraser Crane, but Fraser. yeah, but it was an hour long thing, and he wanted me to talk about post traumatic stress. And and um, so I went to the chief of army nurses, um, Rhonda Cornum, who had been shot down in the uh, she was on a helicopter shot down in the first Gulf War, captured and brutalized by the Iraqis and then, um, you know, delivered back to the Americans. And she was the head of the post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury and all of that for the army. And I called her and I said, hey, Rhonda, you know, I'm getting ready to do this radio show. Uh, what do you want me to say about um, PTSD at the time is what I said. She said, first thing is drop the D. It doesn't have to be a that's, disorder. I said the same thing. Yeah. I was going to say that when you said post-traumatic yeah. stress. Yeah, well, no. I, don't I ever say that. And, it, and that's all I say now is post-traumatic stress because, you know, she said, you know, you can grow from um, PTS. And, and uh, you know, instead of, you know, viewing it as a, you know, dysfunction or disorder – grow from it and and she said and tony you're doing by writing what we have encouraged uh, we're creating an army resiliency program you know this was 10 11 years ago and and by having that writing outlet you're less brittle what we find is we have soldiers who have their best friend killed you know maybe 18 yeah. 19 20 years old and and they don't have an outlet and they're devastated so instead of losing one soldier we lose two either just through mental not being able to cope or you know that's why the suicide rate's so high and yeah. and so there's a whole army resiliency program right now that is really helping i think uh young men and women uh that are serving our country cope better with the, some of the traumatic events with which uh they've been confronted and, and you know I, I agree with that I, I completely agree that there has to be when i talk to guys there you've got to have an outlet men or women that are going through post-traumatic stress um something not the bottle though and that's where you i find a lot of guys they drink it just the drink is not going to help i i do a lot of public speaking yeah. it was hard initially but I've also realized, my this is very cathartic. And now, I, just like anything else, I think you're the same way. You always do an after-action report or after-action review of yourself when you write a book. What can I improve? Well, I do that after I speak. Yeah. What can I improve on? What do I need to get on here? I don't need to get political. Let's get on lessons learned about what took place and teach other people about how you can overcome adversity and over and never never give up when you're when you're faced with an obstacle. But how can I get better every time I go out to speak? And now it's become cathartic. And I think that's why I've also been able to come up. My post-traumatic stress and 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 my my view my failures of, of not being able to handle some of the things that 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 went through when I was in and also when I came back home I made a lot of mistakes when I came back home and I think a lot of guys feel that way too and you, that guilt can eat you up and you got to find that way to get it out now, I yeah you know, it'd be tremendous if you did a school gosh i would say you don't put a teacher teach a writing school of and teach guys how to write books and, and there's a lot of stories out there mine is you know i was very lucky to have a story with 13 hours and it was written but there's guys that go out there that's why i wrote the patriots creed i wanted to say oh my gosh look at all these other guys who have, have all these stories out there that people can learn from not just the military and and it's it is a way for them to get it off off their chest there's yeah. one gentleman israel Matos. 
who was blown up in Afghanistan, and he's in the Patriots Creed. And I, he's a good friend, and I'm I'm just so blessed he he agreed to do it. But this is the first time he's talked about what happened to him was in the book. Now that's a huge step, but to me that yeah, takes tremendous courage. But he did it, and I can even tell when I talk to him. He's uh, to me I, when I hear his voice because I'm friends with him. It's or see him on even on social media. I say, man, this guy, this guy's in a good place. I need to learn from him. How is how he's how he's handling things and getting better and stronger. But you're exactly right. I have no, there's no D and and having that outlet and that that goal, that instate that you have set on every book that you're done there is the instate to write your best book that you can and get it out. That's there. right. That's and, right. And, and you've, you've, you're still on mission. It may yeah. not be a combat, but you're still on a mission. Yeah, you've set yeah, your own mission. yeah absolutely. I, you know, I, I'm on a mission to, you know, entertain uh, my readers. Uh, I'm on a mission to be as successful as I can in my business and uh, on a mission to take care of my family as best I can now. And, and, you know, I donate uh, and I'm on the board of three veteran charities as well. And so, you know, continue to serve the community that uh, served me so well when I was uh, a soldier. Bessie, and you have to sit over there across from Ian right now, and you're right, he does have a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) He said that before we recorded. I'm like, all right, let's let's save that prayer. But that's that's great. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ian. I had to go there, brother. I'm sorry. Well, you can get me back later. (laughs) I I gladly will. Yo, you know what I was going to tell you? Um, when you mentioned the Brad Thor thing, for one, great guy. Anytime I've I've talked to him. Super humble, great story of how he got into writing as well. And he seems to be very big on helping military guys, you know, like Jack Carr as yeah, well, right, who get into right. the business. And his um, heroes are guys like Marcus Luttrell and Morgan Luttrell. And he always says, like, I kind of did it the opposite way. You guys served and then wrote these books. I, I wish I could be like you guys. Right, so right. he, I think in a way he looks up to you as well. I, I, I think that's fair. I, you know, He's he's such a gentleman and he's so, um, uh, you know, uh, loyal and patriotic that I, I think when he has the opportunity and and he sees the, the skill there and and I'm sure a lot of people ask him for help. And, and I, I felt that, you know, when I was, um, you know, first met him and uh, I was just blown away by his uh, graciousness. And and I said, well, you know, it's you know, the last thing you probably want is another you know, guy that's, you know, competing to take yeah. market share. And he says, no, I don't see it that way. I, um, the thriller industry needs um, as many good writers as we can yeah. because, you know, um, people who read these books, you know, they'll read, you know, one a week. And, and you know, we need to, you know, uh, up the game. We need to have the best writers we can producing the best uh, content we can. And and that's, you know, a really refreshing ray, way to look at it. And today, 10 years later from, from that time, I retired. Tired no nine. Um, the 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 thriller community. I've got this really tight knit group of like thirty or forty guys and gals that are all authors and and they're just fabulous. We go Jack Carr's in there, right? Yeah, Jack's I saw in there. Yeah, I mean, there it's it's um it, and, you know, there's uh, some good books coming out. Uh, and, next. and by the way, I just will say for the audience who doesn't know, Jack Carr is a former SEAL. Yeah. He's also in the thriller community. But yeah, yeah what we were saying. Yeah, no, well, Jack Jack's um you know um. 
book uh, Terminal List, you know, did very, very, very well. well. And it was a great, awesome, awesome book. And, you know, so, uh, you know, and he's with Emily Bessler um, with uh, Simon Schuster. So, uh, so many good authors. Uh, you've got uh, Don Bentley's uh, Without Sanction, probably the best debut novel I've read in a long time. Uh, Don's a great guy from her Apache pilot. And, it's and, funny because you said that last name. I was thinking of Matthew Bentley. Right. He's another guy, yeah. very similar yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt's a great author. He's, and he's uh, a Marine. He's a Marine, uh, and he's had four books with uh, Simon and Schuster now. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's you know, it's great that we have so many creative people coming out and and um, you know uh, contributing to the thriller community, and I, I'm just proud to be a part of it. That's so cool. Uh, it's amazing. Now, uh, you know, I was going to make a marine crayon joke, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> I gonna, when you said it, I didn't want to cut it. You guys yeah. were flowing so well. I, I couldn't. I didn't have the heart. <laughs> now, I, I, I agree with the, with with guys that, that should be writing out there and, and more should be. And it is a creative outlet. And like a lot of your fiction is really based in fact. A lot yeah, of your fiction sure. is based off experiences and and men and women that go down range and serve or even even if they don't but they just go through years even conus in the military that's the beauty of the military and not the college money not, to, not and if you want to go into special ops that's great but you get to experience so many things that you wouldn't normally that you wouldn't experience anywhere else and right you can pull from all those experiences even just even just the getting up in the morning and, and smelling smelling the, the the dirt in georgia or right. getting out there in the morning and, and freezing in fort lewis in july because it's still raining but but, <laughs> but smelling the, the it's just just smells of bring you back that's why I, and i was going to ask you this i know we're getting off the book subject because i get asked it all the time and this is where i'm kind of segueing into it is is you know what do you tell folks because i get asked this all the time especially with the state of of how people think bad the politics i don't I really could care less about politics i've served under clinton bush obama i didn't get to serve under trump but uh, you know military's military i didn't even really give two sh- two shits <laughs> who was in office to be honest with you right. until until i got caught and i'm not i still don't care but i got kind of pulled into that with the 13 hours but um what do you what do you tell what do you tell parents that come to ask you and you're you're and you're like i said you're i mean i'm saying this very in in a very caring way you are a cake eater i love i'm saying that nicely though you know you're you're way that to all you out there chris loves to break balls of everybody he's a, this he's is a west pointer i gotta give him some shit a little bit because he's, <laughs> he's a man and but what do you tell folks when they say hey my son or daughter wants to join the military uh what do you think sir what what do you tell them Cause I, 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 I get that asked that all the time you know i i i tell them uh and and it may be less so now more recently um i tell them be prepared for them to go to combat. That's yeah. the first thing I say. And, and then, and then I talk to them about, you know, uh, it, it will transition your young man or woman, uh, you know, into a leader. You know, I go through all the positive, but, you know, also be prepared for him to go to combat. Uh, I don't want to mislead anybody. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I had, this was like, oh, six, uh, a, you know, uh, my, one of my, uh, my high school girlfriends, she, you know, obviously we didn't get married. She married, uh, you know, a guy, she had, um, you know, three, three boys, I want to say. One of them wanted to go to West Point. So she wrote me and said, you know, um, he's thinking about going to West Point. And it was probably like 03 and, and, you know, right at the peak of when the head knocking was starting to happen, 03, 04. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I said, you know, you need to be ready for him to go to combat. And that's because I did not want to, you know, delude her into thinking that uh, this was about 
education or anything else. It's, you know, at, at the very, the very point of having a military is to fight wars. Yeah. And, and if you're not prepared for that as a parent, um, then, then, you know, it's, it's better to start with that and then back down from there and say, okay, if I'm ultimately prepared for him to sack or her to sacrifice his or her life, I can I can then figure the rest out, and then I would walk them through the leadership and the and the education and and all of the you know the the friendships and and the bonds and and the serving your country and the importance of that. But at the end of the day, be ready for them to go to combat. You can't, as a good leader, yeah, you can't mince words, and you don't want right. to you don't want to mislead or right. or you don't want to embellish, but and you also don't want to downplay things. That's you know, I'm, I just I wrote all that down. That's going to be my next answer. Yeah, that's actually why I wrote that. I asked you that there, General, so I could have your answer now. I don't have to think about it. I'm just going to regret because that's per- that's perfect. I love it. You know what and though? I, I, I respect that. I respect that immensely that you don't you don't sugarcoat it, and that's yeah. what leaders should leaders right. shouldn't sugarcoat it. This is how it is. Take or leave it. Okay, now you can make a well informed decision, right. and I love that. That's a great answer. As the uh, non military guy in the room, though, and I've I've heard other guys talk about this. Uh, from what I've seen, if a guy, young guy, 18 or so, wants to join the military, wants to possibly join spec ops, I don't think anyone is going to stop them. Uh, I've heard Jack Murphy talk about it, you know, who I've worked with, who hopefully we'll have on an uh, episode soon. Still talk to Jack all the time. And he he was like, you know, when he was in high school, he made that decision pretty early on. I want to be a Green Beret. I want to be an Army Ranger. And he didn't really care what his parents thought. He's always the first to say it wasn't necessarily about serving my country or patriotism. He was like, this was my own selfish goal. And this is what I wanted to do. I think a lot of parents, even if they say I don't approve, if this is something that you have a dream of, you're going to go for it. Yeah, and and, uh, that's a great point, Ian. And and I really think that when the parent is asking me, um, they're they're – assuaging their fears not not so much what they're yeah you know is this the right thing for my son it's like how do i deal with it yeah and and uh because you know there's there's you know back back you know seven eight you know whatever however many years ago there there was a real chance that you were going to be wounded or or killed in combat and and you know the news was every day i I mean yeah back in oh four and oh five i was the exo to the vice chief and i look i was the first guy one of the first guys to see the casualty list and you know i saw friends on there and you know i as as a you know, lieutenants and sergeants that I had mentored and led and the paratroopers and, and, you know, it was emotional for me. So, you know, I think about if it was my child, wow, you know, yeah. so that, I mean, it's, uh, there, there was a, there, that was a tough time for our country back, back at the peak of uh, the surge and the Iraq war and what was happening in Afghanistan, oh six, oh seven. I mean, it was, it was brutal head knocking going on. It, it, my, my parents, didn't want me to go at all i yeah. i can't and i did anyways you're sure right Ian. you're gonna go if you want to regardless or not and i i can't even imagine what my mom and dad now i can after the fact and and i you know i was in iraq i was actually contracting in 03 and 04 that was some great wild west days i i got luckier shit i can't believe some of the things i made made out some of those times right but i you know i think about it now like man my mom and dad must have just had just been having ulcers and taking as much mylox maylox as possible. <laughs> right. I, right. I, I can't believe I put them through what I did, but I, I admire my parents even more so now for for because sure. they didn't want me. They definitely didn't want me. They're like graduated from college and they're like, "You want to do what? You want to enlist in the army? Why?" 
and that's the same way. Yeah, I just because it looked hard. Rangers look tough. I want to go be a ranger. Let's let me. Yeah, okay, and I did it, and they supported me throughout. That's one thing. As I tell, I do tell parents that whatever they decide, you need to support. You got to support them regardless of if you agree with it or not, because they need that support. Because there were times I went through a really bad divorce during basic training that was tough because I could. And that was ninety five. Well, I was in ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven when I first joined the Rangers, and, and you, I, it, it was tough because I wasn't used to not being able to deal with a situation at home right. and I'm in basic training. I can't do anything. Right. So, uh, and my, but my parents always had that, had me, had my back, whether they wanted me there or not, they always had my back and, and, uh, and I admire my father and mother for that. So, you know, your guys' answers are perfect. And it just sounds like exactly when I, I just had flashbacks a day back when, yeah, <laughs> when, right. I, when I went in and my mom and dad, my grandfather, was even crying he didn't want me to go and that was my immigrant grandfather not because he's not patriotic he's just he was scared for his grandson yeah and i still remember that picture yeah on the plane yeah and that's that's i I mean chris that that's you know um hats off to your entire family for supporting you at the end of the day it is all about supporting their their child or grandchild or whatever you know a senior uh very senior person at kensington books um uh, my publisher for you know the Jake Mahegan series, um, uh, her son um, uh, said he wanted to go to the Marines, and you know that uh, probably came as a shock uh, to to them, and and so she. You know, we we were at an event. She said, "Tony, would you please talk to my son and at least, um, you know, help him understand what what." the Marines are all about. And, and I said, first of all, if he wants to join the Marines, I'm sure he's, he's studied the Marines. And even though, you know, uh, yeah. my motto is to always have a good terrain feature between <laughs> you and the Marines, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, the, the, uh, um, you know, so, but I did. And, and, you know, she, she totally supports her son and she's been there. She is there for him. And, and, and uh, it was just really reassuring to see because, you know, uh, it was, probably not her first choice for him but it was his first choice and and you know we we learned that with our kids is that ultimately it it you've got to give your your life your preferences have to give way to their life and their preferences it, it, the, and the brotherhood is there but i always come back to really the people that you call and the people i always called whenever i got off and up or something that i was like man that was kind of hairy i would call my family if I, if I was able to or had the ability to, it, it, but you, you love the brotherhood, it's there, but really it's the family that always has your back, and, and, right. and my parents always did. That's what got me through. That's what got me to this point here. We, I, guys, we haven't even talked. Were, were, your, were your family okay? We haven't even discussed that. I, I don't know, General. What, did, did your family agree with you, or, or did you come – and I'll be – did you come up from a, a family of – and I, I don't know. I, I know your story as far as the book writing, but I, I, did, I don't know if your family – you grew up in a military family no, or not. So no, my, 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 no, my dad – Dad, um, um, uh, as I mentioned, he went to University of Virginia on a football and yep. baseball scholarship and was drafted by the Lions, played for uh, the Lions for a year and so then cool. got, got cut and um, came back to Virginia and and uh, got his master's in education uh, and wanted a secure job. He wanted to coach football. He wanted to be a college coach, and he started That's coaching awesome. in high school in uh, uh, Norfolk, Virginia Beach area. He had met my mom back when he was student teaching. She was already a teacher at the high school where he was getting his master's and um, you know doing his student teaching, and um, they got married, and he was drafted in the Army for two years, but he was such a well-known athlete Chris said all he did um, was at Dugway Proving Grounds for two Uh-oh. years. He coached 
the this was back when service football and baseball yeah, they, and all they had, they he, he coached all the teams and, and yeah. so like and, and I'm very close with my dad. He's like my mentor and um and so anytime in command I would have a uh you know a, a problem that I wanted to talk to I was dad, you know, I just you know, the discipline of this unit is just I just took command and he's like, Hey, just have him play intramurals and, and it was like, you know, sports <laughs> was always the answer. And you know what? He was right more often than not. You know, so um, I, I can remember taking command in the 101st Airborne uh, of my uh, second brigade there. And uh, so, you know, you got 3,000 um, oh, wow. 101st guys um, out there. And, and uh, you yeah, know, we had some I had more calls the first couple of weekends there from discipline issues. And, I, you know, it was just um, there there was a lack of standards and so forth that I, you know, I, I had more calls in the first two weekends there wow. than I did as a battalion commander in two years in wow. the 82nd. And and. Uh, you know, I you know it's I, I love all the units, eighty second, hundred first, tenth mountain where I served. Uh, but uh, you know, the the eighty seconds always had a special place in my heart as a paratrooper and and that kind of thing. But uh, you know, dad dad was always there for me. And, and you know, my older brother went to the Naval Academy. Um, I, I went to West Point, and my sister had an appointment to the Air Force Academy, oh, but but turned it down. Oh, she was she was the best athlete in the family. I played baseball and wrestled, but uh, my brother played football at navy and my sister ran a 443 mile nice. in high school wow. she held the virginia state record for like 25 years oh, and wow. and um so she but uh, she had to turn down her her um air force academy appointment because uh i talked my dad into uh, not uh, forcing her to go because you know i was there at west point the second year that uh, women were being integrated in the uh, system i said dad it'll be okay one day uh, i'm not sure you want your daughter and and i don't want my sister in this environment just yet so it, it was a tough environment i have a lot of respect for the women that came in in those uh, uh class of 80 and 81 82 those early time. early classes yeah. and, and you're right on sports my it's it's amazing. It's, I don't know. It's coincidence. My dad coached football too. He coached actually. I played football through college. I had, so that's where I, I got a great base of discipline and a great base of hard work. And and my dad he played at Texas Tech and then he went to a small school for his last uh, last two years called Adams State. But he coached at Brigham Young University and and I got to grow up around Coach Lavelle Edwards and and Steve Young and Jim McMahon when they won the national championships those years. Robbie Bosco and it, it was amazing the leadership because eh? they don't make coaches like guys like Coach Edwards anymore right. coach brought paul bear bryant guys like that they're right. just demanded respect but they com- they didn't demand it they commanded it they right. they they get that respect and they didn't have to yell raise their voice and and coach mike holmgren was a quarterback coach i to be around wow. that environment at all and then to play football and be around my father yeah same thing i right. i whenever i'm in charge i think about when my dad was a football coach and me growing up and watching him coach and and coach teams that that were national contenders and then just even coming back to when i played football too and you're right you you do pull a lot of that from them and put it in the military because it is it's t- it, it, really the teamwork aspect of it and and you know we used to do those three a days and, right. and we used to do it just hard hard training uh it just even in the football uh, football world and then again so you got ramped up a little bit when i just a tad <laughs> when i went to ranger battalion but but you're exactly right father your father is same thing i, I call him and dad you know what's going on dad I, I got a problem you know and whether he served or not it's still he still knows best and and my mom's an educator as well my dad's got his phd 
And so I can always count on even my, and my mom's tougher than nails. So I can just call her and ask her and say, mom, I'm, I've got issues here. What, what, are, what can I do? And then, but she'll, now she'll just go off for an hour and start talking about other <laughs> things too. Cause that's mom. But I, just, I admire that. I admire that general. Cause it just, it sounds like you, you, uh, you had the, the, the upbringing was very, was very similar in that athletic household. And I always would, I always, always tell kids coming up, go, get play, do extracurricular stuff I, I recommend sports because I think it's fantastic for you and it builds you, but just do something extracurricular. And uh, to me, again, your, your story is just another voice for, Hey, do, do something in high school, college to play something. Cause it's going to help you. You don't always have to go pro, but play something. It, it'll help yeah, you grow. Roger you build Absolutely. Yes, sir. General Tata, I know you're on a tight schedule. Uh, so we're going to wrap things up. I, I want to ask you one last thing sure. that I put in the notes here. Um, Cause I've been meaning to ask you since the last time we spoke. I remember you said something on Fox News that, you know, I always consider you a pretty straight shooting guy. We want to have people on here who, you know, Jesse Jane Duff, like, retweeted our stuff and is in um, Women for Trump, Female Voices for Trump, whatever it is. But you've always been, I think, pretty objective. But you said something that Trump obviously liked. And I remember him tweeting out. He was like, kudos to General Tata. So my question is, when you see the president tweeting out uh, praise to you, does it kind of hurt a little bit your objectivity in the future? Are you like, oh, I want to stay on this guy's good side. I don't, you know, like if he does something that you're not no. into, are you going to be scared to criticize him? No, or? I, 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 he's tweeted me twice now. That's and, so cool. And, and uh, I, you know, I just um, I go on Fox. I say what I think. And, uh, you know, I, I've been. Uh, uh, I'm kind of like Chris, you know, I'm apolitical. I, I, I try to stay right down the middle. If I think the president's doing a good job, I'll say yeah. that. If, if I think uh, – I was on uh, a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday show, and I was describing the serious situation. And I and I said, look, you know, it, it, we, we need to be dispassionate about this. We need to analyze all the um, three-dimensional chess that's taking place here instead of – Everybody reacting one way or the other way in a very tribal sense of defending uh, yeah. uh, the president or attacking the president. Let's yeah. let's get right in the middle and stand in the middle of this thing and and see, dude, did we really want the president to keep U.S. forces in there uh, right on the border and let Turkey roll past them? And the, what's that headline look like? Yeah. U.S. Yeah. Fights with NATO nation, uh, U.S. troops, another Benghazi, Chris, uh, yeah, U.S. Yeah. troops killed, even though Trump knew that Turkey was attacking. Yep. Yeah. So what's that look like? And, 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 you know, the, I actually got a call from, from someone in the White House after that episode saying that's the best I've ever heard it described. So, um, I, I, I say what I believe and I get either praised or criticized. I know that you can't, uh, the, the environment today is such that you cannot exist. Um, without being praised or criticized by one side because it's so tribal right now. Yeah. So, so. You just say what's on your mind and, yeah. and let the chips fall and be, yeah. and be damned to whoever yeah. hates you because everybody's going to hate you. Somebody's going to yeah, love you. I, I, I've I, had to figure that out too, General, the last couple of years. I just, I just can't make everybody happy. It's just yeah. how it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and Trump likes generals. So the thing is, I wonder, like, if he gets a second term, is he calling General Tata? And and that's why it's like, oh, I want to stay on this guy's good side. But I, I totally get what you're saying, and I fully believe it, because I do think you are a guy who shoots straight. Well, if I get a cabinet position, I'll do a weekly podcast with you guys. <laughs> yes, we're holding you to it. So um, on that's Twitter, awesome. <laughs> on Twitter, at AJ Tata, and on Instagram, at AJ Tata underscore author, double crossfire is out now 
which is the I'm getting this right, the sixth book, sixth in book. the series, which is crazy. Yeah, and unbelievable. The yeah. day that this goes out tomorrow, the audio book will be out. Is is it yeah. you reading the audio or it, no? It's not me. I, there's okay. an actor who does it. They they send me a group of people with audio um, auditions and I pick one and and that's pretty cool. That's, that's hey, cool. I, yeah. hey, I I do my own audio books. I'm right here. I'll yeah, but you, you've got you've got, got the voice for audio. Uh, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Jerry, you're thanks, awesome. guys. I appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate no, it. No, this was awesome. Really thanks did. so much, guys. Hope to be back on uh, soon. Yeah, we'll do it. Great time having General AJ Tata, Anthony Tata in studio. Uh, I thought we got in some interesting stuff and and heard some great stories from his background. And and you broke his balls a little bit calling him a cake I, eater. I do. I, you know, all you West Pointers Academy guys, get over it. I call you cake eater, ring knocker. That's all you Academy guys. But I have a mo- most respect because that's tell- that's something. Uh, I had actually had a scholarship out of high school. If I would have got, I get my service letters to go to West Point. And I'll be honest with you, at that point, I was not ready. I was not mentally ready to go to that structure. So to go to that structure out of high school, that takes a lot of intestinal fortitude. You really have to want to, because really your college life, your freshman year is, whether you go to one of the academies or you go to the Citadel or you go to VMI, it's pretty much, uh, yeah, it's a culture shock. So I, I admire him. And, he, you know, he's a Ranger school guy. He went to Ranger school, got his tab and yep. served down range. And I, I did my background investigations on him. I did my background check, check with the uh, Sergeant Major Grippy, Frank Grippy. A lot of you Ranger guys, bat boys know he is. He's a legend. Uh, he was my first sergeant when I first was in. Uh, and also Sergeant Major Mark Christensen, who's another Ranger legend. Um, and, hey, I, I said, hey, I, I don't know Brigadier General uh, Tata, but what do you guys think of him? Because he because they yeah you know, especially grippy served him at 10th mountain um and i got the i got the reviews back so yeah he's a he's a solid commander and that's all i need to hear once i hear it from those guys okay you're good in my book and, and so we're always checking each other believe me rangers just like seals check seals just like sf guys check sf guys rangers are always checking rangers whether you went to the to battalion or whether you got your tab and and then talking to him no he's he's definitely is a true uh, a guy on the ground boots on the ground commander he's not a he's not a guy sitting at the oak club uh making orders and stuff he's i think he's the kind of guy that would be right there at the front lines with you if you needed that commander to do so so a uh, much respect for him and he's just talented and he works with nick irving which is to me is incredible too because nick's got some amazing books out there yeah, and he's just an all-around nice guy, and yeah, I yeah. have to kiss his ass a little bit because he did sign his book to me, Ian, my favorite podcaster, uh, AJ Tata. So, I, I mean, he's an all-around nice guy. He really is. And, and you know what? He's super loyal in that no matter what show I'm doing, he's always down to come on. And, and you know, look, it's publicity for him, but I know he believes in uh, yeah, any project yeah. I'm a part of because – a lot of people would say episode two, you know, I'm doing Fox, I'm doing bigger names and they would dismiss it. And he was down to come right on. So yeah, that, and that says a lot about his character and you just tell he's, he's a great guy. You just tell he's, he's fan, and I, his upbringing, getting in the upbringing with the football tie. in. I think that's incredible. That, that to me, that's so cool. Like your dad was a football coach. This is my dad was a football coach. And I, you can see that, that, 
old football coach mentality when we were growing up. And my dad just when he played under for those of you NFL guys know who Bum Phillips is, who coached the Houston Oilers. My dad played for him at Texas Tech, and that was the old school way of thinking. You know, you don't get no water, boy. You, you're you're playing football out on the dirt. I don't care how if you have a concussion or not, get back in there. It's it, you, you can't do that anymore. I believe you because my son plays football, had a concussion, and was out for for two weeks. Um, but that mentality, that old school football coach mentality, is almost like an old drill sergeant mentality. Uh, but it, it it did build it built a lot of intestinal fortitude, and you could just hear it in his voice and how much respect he had for his father. That's that was amazing to me. That's why I, I just was smiling like, oh my gosh, uh, this I, me me and uh, me and General Tata could go out there and have a beer and watch football and just think of how our dads molded us and how they weren't in the military, but they actually molded us to be military men and him more so than me, I would say, just because of, of the, he, you know, his career, how far he went in his career. Um, I admire that. I, and I told you kids out there, play sports, just anything, just go have fun, play sports. It's, it is a character builder and you, and you make a lot of great friends too. And you meet so many great people. Uh, I, that, that was what I got more out of the conversation than anything else aside from the mil, you know, with the military stuff, it was the football connection. And I, I'm smiling right now thinking about, cause I'm thinking about <laughs> my dad, my dad again, growing up. <laughs> yeah. So great guy. Um, and actually I saw he was at one of those, um, world series, uh, games cause he's, he's based out of DC. So he was there for the national. Are we talking about football now? Uh, okay. No, we're talking Preston, baseball are now. you there? Cause I hope Ian, you better know the difference between football and baseball. Did you say <laughs> we're just, world series? We're talking we're talking about we're talking sports, okay? <laughs> and he was in a World Series game. All right, I, I, I was just wondering. I'm just checking because you know I, they, they footballs with the oblong balls, not the round ball. You got to play it outside. They have helmets. Well, I guess baseball they do too. Uh, never. <laughs> I love busting your balls, dude. No, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> uh, so anyway, on Twitter at AJ Tata, let him know what you thought of the interview. Uh, on Instagram at AJ Tata underscore author. Of course, I got to have you guys follow us because we're at a thousand likes on Facebook as we're recording wow. this, probably more by now, but we really need to catch up on Instagram and Twitter. So at Battleline Podcast on Instagram, at Battleline Pod on Twitter. Biggest thing, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure you're subscribed there. Um, we are definitely looking for potential sponsors. If uh, if you're interested, you could email me personally. Uh, I've gotten some personal emails that have nothing to do with sponsorship. <laughs> and, it, and if that's the case, you know, I'll try to be polite, but you're likely getting blocked if it's some bullshit. So Ian Scott radio at gmail.com. If you just have a question for the podcast, we could start to do that as well. But don't send that there. OK, send that to battle podcast yeah. at gmail.com. And uh, anything else from you? I just want I'm going to mention uh, one last no, thing, but. No, I think I think you you put hit the nail on the head, and, and yeah, just guys, people out there that are DMing us, and and even my personal page, guys, it's just so hard. I, and I'm going to say this on this, I say it on Facebook Lives, we we read it. It's just you can't respond to everyone, especially me with the family. And I know Ian's got a life too; he's got another job, so a, li- not a life. We, not, Let's be uh, clear here: we, not a wife. We, we, no, I have a wife. He has a life, <laughs> uh, but I have a life with my wife. She's amazing. Um, and my three kids, but it's just, it's impossible. And as much as we'd like to stay on, if you ever watch what, what, what was a uh, Bruce almighty or yeah. he's just, just trying to answer every I've done, I did that for one year and it, 
I, I, I drove, I had no time for anything. And this was when I was actually divorced from my wife that I reconciled with. Uh, and I still had more time and it's, it's, it, you can't do it. So not that we're having disrespect to you, not that we don't love you and we don't care about what you're saying to us because we do read them. We, and oh, I know absolutely. Ian unless, like I said, unless, this, unless you sound crazy, <laughs> if you sound crazy and I've gotten them, you're getting blocked. Um, <laughs> But but for potential sponsors, like seriously, potential sponsors, we we're interested in great products, and we make sure that you know whatever you have, it's something that we stand behind. We're not just going to advertise anything. Yeah, um, no, no, we don't we don't do that. If if you come on, we're going to use it, or we definitely it's it's respectful. And even those sunglasses, guys, you make fun of those sunglasses. Those are my range glasses. I've been using those as my range glasses day and night, low light and and my low light ones for the last, well, since they came out yeah, and so- they, they, so yeah, I didn't just make a commercial, even though it was fun. And they basically, the guy that was making the commercial said, Hey, okay, just ham this, ham this stuff up. Tonto. <laughs> and I basically said, hold my beer, watch this. And <laughs> you but, did. But I do know everything that we, we will ever promote. It, it's going to be is it, you know, we're, it, you want to call us a seller or you want, I've been called that before. Fine. You can go ahead and do that, but that's not the case. If, if you give us a product, it's something that we actually believe in and that we will use ourselves. And yeah. Everything that I've ever promote on my personal page, it'll be the same as my battle line page I use or I wear. And if we don't, then we won't promote it. And that's just how it goes. So, uh, you know, I, I guess beggars, Beggars can be choosers at this point because we are begging, but we still can choose what we want, and we're, we're going to put good stuff out there if you're making a good product. Well, yeah. and I also want to stress this. I'm purposely trying to go this route because I don't want want us to have to go on Patreon and ask people for money and then have you know shows that the general public doesn't hear. I would honestly rather get some great sponsors on board. I mean, if we have to go that route, we will, but but – for those who don't know, I mean, this is being completely self-funded by me and Tonto. This and that's, is and not, that's we don't we'll have a company continue. behind us. So no, well, well, and that's what we'll continue to do. If, if we have any, and I will, we'll, we'll work it out. But that being said, guys, whatever, if you do come forward, thank you. And if you do have interest, we, we always, we always want to say thank you. And we will always do our best to, to get your product out there. So you, you know, bottom line is you're going to promote on us. You want to make money. Well, we will do everything that we can to, to, to put you out there. And if it's a good product, and I was going to say this with the general too, when we had him on, you know, I know he's getting a writing and he's doing books and stuff, but the reason his books also sell, it's not because of those connections. You know, he talked about the connections and the people that got him into the right places. It's because he's a good writer as well. He has a good product as well. So that also helps. So, you know, if you, if you, but that goes back to saying too, we're going to use it. So we already vetted it. It's a good product. So, uh, just come forward and we'll, we'll do everything that we can 110% to, to get you out there and get you noticed and, and, and hopefully, you know, make you all some money and, and then me and the end can keep doing what we're, we're having a blast doing. We can keep yeah. doing this. No, we love doing it. So any um sponsor opportunities that you may be interested in, if you own a company, Ian Scotto radio at gmail.com other stuff, just questions for the podcast. That's battle line podcast at gmail.com with that. Um, pick up your latest book. We can plug that. All right. Patriots Creed. It's doing well. Guy, I, I really appreciate it. Got the range away in 13 hours, but Patriots Creed still out of Barnes and Noble, or you can order off my website, cristanoperano.net and, and pick it up. I will tell you guys this right now, because I love y'all hold off and wait till it gets close to black Friday. Cause I'm going to be having, I'll be having, I've never done a black Friday sale on merchandise and books, but 
everybody's been so great to me. So I am. So I'll be on right now. Don't don't you guys don't have to buy anything else till we get closer <laughs> to Black Friday. Because I want to be honest with you, I'd hate. I, that's one thing I always hated with Black Friday. You go out and you buy something, yeah, and then you, oh my gosh, it was half off, and I just, but I won't do because because I, I love you. I, I, I want I want you guys to know that. Um, but Patriots Creed, and also, Ian, you didn't know this. Uh, Dalton Distillery is making a vodka of for me called Tonto. Tonto, actually, Tonto, nice. and it's awesome. It's awesome. So there'll be a a, a vodka. I. There's so many whiskeys out there. No whiskeys. There's too many operator whiskeys out there. And Black Rifle Coffee and Article 15, Let's Linger, they do a good job on their stuff. They, I leave that to them. They're fantastic at it. So let's make a vodka. Tonto versus Tito's. We may even have a Battle Line episode one day if it, when, if it comes out. We'll do a Tonto versus Tito taste test and see, see who wins. So that will be coming out soon. But – just stay with the podcast, guys, and you guys can laugh a little bit and, and find out what else is going on with me and Ian's life, if you deem to care. But yeah. we love you anyway. Absolutely. I think we're going to get kicked out of Gotham Studios uh, any yeah, minute. So go. the last thing I'm going to mention as we're wrapping this up is the music that you hear under us. All the music, you know, I asked the artist for permission, which is funny because I put, like, the newest show on YouTube and it's like, do you have permission to use uh, Never Given Up by Mark Slaughter? And I had to, like, file the copyright claim on YouTube. And I'm like, this is Mark Slaughter's cell phone number. You can call him and ask him <laughs> if he let me use it. So I, I don't even know if I told you this, uh, Chris, but I know you know this stuff. I mean, I know you know music, man. You remember yep. Slaughter, Fly to the Angels. Oh, yeah. Sla Slaughter actually came to the Grand Junction barn there in Grand Junction, Colorado after their heyday. I, feel, I grew up with Slaughter, dude. Slaughter and Winger. Yep. Oh my gosh. Who so dude, like Slaughter Mark Slaughter, this will be a story for another time when I can go into it, became a personal friend of mine and put out this great song called Never Given Up, dedicated yep. to our, our service members. And he donated the proceeds to different veteran charities. And that's how we kind of connected. But if anybody knows me, I'm a huge fan of that whole era of music. And I love too, Never bro. Given Up. Yeah, and, and the whole message of Never Given Up uh, is exactly what we do. Just like I thought Jinx's song, you know, that, that hook, yep. My Fails Are My Inspiration. I was like, this is completely what the Battle Line podcast is about. So that music under me is Mark Slaughter, Never Given Up. And uh, you can let Mark know you heard the song on here. Great guy. And uh, so I got to give him a shout out. And got to get him on, too. Got to have Slaughter yes. on. Yes. Talk about I, the good old days back in high school. Yeah, man. I said to Mark, we got to get you on. And, and he's on board. So we'll do it. Um, but thanks for checking out this episode, guys. And we'll be back next week. I think we're going to keep on a schedule putting these out every Monday. And we appreciate the support. Thanks, guys.
That's all for this week's Battle Line podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Badline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Badline Pod. As always, never quit.